Welcome to the Pages of Light podcast, your destination for discussions of popular fantasy and science fiction novels from a Christian worldview. My name is Tyler, aka Verum, on social media channels and other places. And with me today is Gabriel, aka the Quarantine Quartermaster, on various social media channels. Uh, he's a good friend of mine from the local church that we attend. Welcome to the podcast. Is there anything that you want the uh, people to know about you? Um, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, when Tyler first uh, approached me about doing a Christian uh, theme podcast, I was very intrigued because I was like, this is something that I really want to do in the long run is I want to explore my faith. And I think doing it with a friend is a great way to go about it. And we're going to be talking about cool stuff. So Indeed. that's a plus. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so speaking of what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be diving into the world of Brandon Sanderson and the Cosmere. So we're going to be starting with uh, his novel Warbreaker, which many Warbreaker. people... Yes, Warbreaker. Many people think that this is one of the best introductions into his uh, writings and his books. Um, so we'll talk about that and we'll see where we come down on the issue. Uh, I've read a decent amount of the Cosmere. I've read uh, the first Mistborn trilogy. I've read a lot of the Stormlight Archive, all of the ones that have been released up to this point as of the recording of this video. Um, but this is my first time reading Warbreaker, so I'm excited to kind of talk with somebody about it. I don't really, I don't, I'm not in any book club, so I'm actually just excited to just talk to somebody else about uh, mm -hmm. an interesting book that I'm reading. So this is going to be exciting. Gabe, have you heard of Brandon Sanderson or read of any of his books before uh, Warbreaker? Uh, so we talked about this, and I got confused because Robert Jordan started The Wheel of Time, but it sounds like Brandon Sanderson finished it. Yes. So I thought that I had read Brandon Sanderson, but instead I had read um, Jordan. Yes. So this is actually my first Brandon Sanderson book. First completely just Brandon Sanderson book without right. the influence of Robert Jordan's uh, thoughts and stuff on the story. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So yeah, we're just going to jump into this first episode. We're going to be doing uh, just general thoughts about the book, and then we'll do just our, some thoughts on the world of Warbreaker and then some of the history of the of the world and then the magic system as well. And then we'll each do like a Christian kind of takeaway for the, for this, uh, this podcast episode. And we'll, we're going to be doing two parts on Warbreaker. So this will be the first one. And then the second one will focus on the characters and the religions of Warbreaker. So stay tuned for the second part of this uh, podcast. And uh, you can hear those discussions as well. All right, Gabe, since you're the guest, why don't you uh, kick us off with just your general thoughts on the book? What did you think? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Oh, man, I, uh, I love some fantasy. So um, I once read that uh, fantasy, the difference between fantasy and sci-fi is the presence of rivets in the cover art. So <laughs> if it's in a forest, it's fantasy. And if it's, if it's in space and there's rivets, then it's sci-fi. Lots of so. metal. <laughs> Uh, I think that was uh, Orson Scott Card um, observation on the world. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really uh, good read, and it was um, a good introduction into uh, this universe, the Cosmere. And um, I had fun, and there are lots of twists and turns I just didn't see coming. Um, people weren't who I expected them to be, and... Um, I think that's, yeah, people weren't who I expected them to be is kind of the theme yeah. of, of what I read through. I was like, oh, that changes everything. 
when you find out that about that person. Oh, so yeah. I'm being vague. Do we do spoilers here? Oh, yeah. That's I think the this question. Is, I think this is going to be a spoiler podcast for sure, just because we're trying to go, we're trying to go deep instead of a lot of things shallow. So we'll pick some things and we'll try to go in deep and talk about the the specifics about stuff instead of just trying to keep people vague. I guess if you're listening okay, to this, yeah. I'm going to assume gonna that you've read Warbreaker. Go deep into it. I, I agree. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So my general thoughts, I really enjoyed this book as well. I thought, um, I agree that it, it is probably the best entry into, uh, Brandon Sanderson. I'm, uh, in the process of reading Elantris right now. Um, and that just probably maybe like a hundred pages in and the beginning of Warbreaker is much more interesting and exciting than, uh, Elantris is in my opinion. So, but yeah, I think the characters were all interesting and unique. They all had their interesting own motivations about why they were doing X things. And I think it was really cool to see how like the differences in opinion between characters that grew up in Idris and characters that grew up in Halandrin and just like the vastly different worldviews that they have on how the world works and the Idrians like hate the world, the Halandrins, but they probably never even met a Halandrin. So there's just a lot of that going on, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and this is also not like a very action heavy book. It's much more like political intrigue and mystery than like a lot of action and fighting scenes, which is a lot different than like his Mistborn trilogy or the Stormlight Archive books. Cause a lot of those books are just, some of them are just like nonstop action for like chapters and chapters, hundreds of pages. Um, so yeah, different flavor of, of Brandon Sanderson for sure. Um, still enjoyable. Yeah, it was definitely still enjoyable. That doesn't mean it was boring. That just means that it's not. Uh, no, I'm interested now that you've said that to check out these other um, these other books by Brandon Sanderson because I haven't read any of those. Yeah, that's not to say that the other books don't have like political intrigue and stuff. Although a lot of his other books are way longer. Like the Stormlight Archives are a thousand plus pages, so he has a lot of time to like. I can do all the political intrigue. I can do all the mystery, but I can also have all these really cool action sequences with all your, with all your favorite characters. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully we'll get to talk about some of those in the, uh, yep. in the future. For sure. All right. Um, yeah. So let's just jump into the world of Warbreaker. So let's just start off talking about uh, just the differences between Halandrin, the city and this, the, the world of Idris and, like the the two worldviews that come from that those two places halandrin kind of gave me like these egyptian kind of vibes with how like there's no windows it's all like open air just felt like a very mediterranean like the weather is always perfect kind of a place and idris kind of felt like a cold dingy like no life is there it's kind of like very stoic i don't know what did you think gabe um (laughs) i just had in the north or you know um winter is coming when you were saying that (laughs) it's it's very winterfell yeah and um yeah i i got the same you know i was nodding while you were like saying it gave you kind of the um egyptian like open air sort of feel so if you're listening to this i was agreeing with tyler (laughs) non-verbally um yeah, and I also liked, so I'm just going to jump into the Christian part of it that I was thinking, like, yeah, sure. um, the the Christian mindset aligns more with, um, like, the Idris, like, belief sure. system. I feel like it's more about, um, 
self-control and um, doing what's right, whereas, you know, Haladrin is more like, um, felt like a more hedonistic culture. Like, they kind of just, like, dove into whatever fancies them. and um, Yeah, for sure. So that that's kind of where I was coming from. And then I kind of, like, we'll build on this as we talk through the podcast, but yep. how it's interesting to see players from Idris going into Haladrin and, uh, you know, specifically like Vienna and Siri and living in that atmosphere, but having their internal belief system. And it's like, you know, yeah. con- um, almost contradictive to like where what? they are in Haladrin and like, it's yeah. a very alien form of living. And I feel yeah. like being a Christian, sometimes you're, we're called to like live in a different way. Yeah. Uh, even though we're out in the world, we're out with people. Um, so I, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thought right there about those two um, societies and mindsets. Yeah, there was a lot of, um, like, you see a bunch of different Idrians come to Halandrin, and then there's a lot of different reactions um, from those different people. So Vivenna has a specific reaction to Halandrin, and then Siri has a very specific reaction to Halandrin. And then you have the people who, the Idrians who have been living in Halandrin for whatever that generation, and how they've, like, had to... They're still Idrian, but they've adopted the Halandran culture. And so there's like this hybrid Idrian Halandran kind of culture going on. Uh, oh, yeah, because they were like outcasts, right? Yeah, for sure. They're like living in the slums and Vivenna's mm-hmm. like all right. disappointed in them because they've like forsaken the faith or something like that. And they're just like, you don't understand anything about what you're talking about. And you're just like casting your eyes downward upon us because you're like this ivory tower princess person who doesn't know anything about the real world essentially yep Mm -hmm. that's right um that totally you know made me think about um you know how we shouldn't be judging other people because you haven't walked a mile in their shoes you don't know what they've been going through and it is it's it never goes over well when you ride in on your high horse and tell people how things should be yeah yeah and then well later on vena gets to eat a a big mouthful of humble pie and she gets to live in the slums for a little bit um but we'll get to that in part two actually so you have to listen to part two to get our thoughts on come back to part two come back to part two <laughs> um so yeah we have halandran and we have indris and then the other kind of nation in here is the pon call people i don't know if i'm saying that correctly but these are basically like the like the servant people and I think it was was it blue fingers blue fingers like the priest person he was the pawn call person who um spoiler uh he's like behind the whole like uprising essentially um and the trying to get the war to happen between Idris and Halandrin mm-hmm. and they kind of felt like the forgotten about people who were just like left over after the the many war that happened what was it like 300 years previously or something like that um and they're kind of seen as like beneath haladrin and idris and they're just kind of like these they're almost like these outcasts as well but maybe they've like lost some of their grandeur because maybe they were once like a nation like idris or haladrin but after those two kind of broke apart then it was i don't know they just seem like they're they're like past their former glory almost yeah, I um I'm not too familiar with the history on this. I'm having trouble recalling everything that um they went through, but you know, if we go back to Egypt and how um 
you know, the Jews were slaves in Egypt, you know, even though they, they had power and they were given, you know, like responsibility yep. commensurate with their ability. Yep. Um, and this is, I feel like the same sort of thing um, going on here. Yeah. I don't know if they were necessarily like slaves or servants, but they were definitely seen as like lesser than the other, the other two. Um, and they're, they're, yeah, they kind of are like the, the Jewish people in that sense where they're like, they're longing for like the re- a return to their glory. Like why won't these other two nations just go away so we can have our, um, we can go back to the way things were beforehand. Um, so yeah. Do you have any other thoughts about Halandrin, Idris, Pancal, anything like that? Uh, no, I'm just, uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun to talk about the, um, the, the different like emotional journeys, especially, like I said, for Vienna and Siri, um, how they move into a world that they are so, um, not prepared for. They're both like equally unprepared. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're, they're unprepared in like two separate and opposite ways, but yeah, yeah, just because making that distinction. Yeah. Like they, they both had. I guess they had the same upbringing, but they had vastly different like ways of going about that upbringing. Yeah, so Vienna was like type A. I'm gonna like take all the classes, learn all the things, like do all the stuff. And Siri is like blowing off class. She's running out doing whatever she. And uh, then she's put in the position to be the God King's wife, uh, even though for years and years and years Vienna was the one who was going to uh, to be sent to the God King. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so now we're going to jump into just the magic system of Warbreaker. Probably uh, one of the most interesting things about this book because it's a very unique magic system and it's not like a. Like, I would never have been able to dream up a magic system like this where you're using breath and the colors and your. Like, the amount of breath you have influences how like vividly you see the world and how much like how much sense you can get from the world around you you can like sense the like the the minute types of colors in the world and you can sense other people's life sense as they come towards you uh just thought it was a really interesting magic system that uh and i've read other brandon sanderson magic systems whether which are equally interesting but this one I think is on another, almost on another level uh, in terms of like creativity. What did you think of the magic system? Uh, I, I thought it was really cool too. And the way he plays the magic system with the different exchanges. So um, can I do a big spoiler? Yeah, that man, that's all spoilers. Okay, all right. I'm just going to go for it. All right. So when he's fighting Dent, is it Dent or Dent? I think it has an H. So I was, I've been saying Dent. But if okay. you listen to the audiobook, they probably have it right. Yeah, I did. And I just don't have it up in front of me. But um, so when Vasher is fighting Denth in the uh, like the final battle, he like gives him all of his breath. And like in that moment, he becomes like overwhelmed, like yep. with pleasure just for like a second. And he's like taking the breath yeah. in because he's never had that much breath. So Denth had one breath. And he was given like hundreds of breaths, which is a huge, you know, increase yep. to his like power stores. And in that moment is when Vasher kills him because he's 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 just like par- paralyzed. Yeah, 
And, and this is after Vasher has been injured. He's he has like a shoulder injury. He's bleeding. He's already like used a ton of breath to power. Um, yeah. What's the sword? Nightblood. Nightblood. Oh so yeah. Night Hold blood. on. By, by the way, that scene was so epic with him just like what did he kill like fifty soldiers Life. in like five minutes or something oh yeah blood. oh it's just insane sorry continue. yeah so he's like channeling all this energy through he, he's never activated the sword before so he's just like he's just like the sword has been talking to him the entire like story yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just starts channeling his breath through and he starts cutting through people like so fast uh that that was a really really cool scene and then at the end he like he you know gives away this this uh the breath and it was to create that moment of vulnerability uh to get the killing shot um yeah which i thought was like totally cool i thought yeah. that was great writing right there yeah i think it it's really cool whenever like you have a whole book of using the magic system and then at the very end you get like this another like another level another way to utilize the magic system so you can kind of keep building and building and building on the magic system where so it's not like super stagnant and you're like oh yeah we figured out everything there is to know about the magic system in the first 100 pages of the book where there's like as you read there's always new things to learn and i think it also helps because vivenna is also like a trainee in the magic system so as she learns then we also learn with her um so i thought that was that was really good just yeah, to kind of get yeah. your feet wet and how it works yeah when, when, a, when an author walks you through like the apprentice like stages i love yeah. that like i think of like the rangers apprentice books where he's learning like all these things about like how to be stealthy in the woods and how to not be seen and how to track people and yeah. the name of the book series is the rangers apprentice and i love walking through that path and i'm like i could do that i could do that <laughs> if i if i really wanted to you know i like have this magic mission i have in the future yeah, to yeah. do i gotta call upon all the skills i've ever read about yeah yeah yeah, there's a series that I just finished reading. Um, it's called the Lycanius Trilogy. It's uh, those books right there, red, blue, and orange there. Mm -hmm. um, they're written by James Islington. I actually have a video of the first book up on my channel. That was the first video I ever did, by the way. Um, but I just finished the the trilogy a little while ago, and it's really cool to see. There's a, the main character is Davian, and how he's uh, he learns about his magic system because at the very beginning he doesn't have any powers at all and then at the very mm -hmm. end he's the amount like how far he's grown in the magic system so it's just i love the the i love magic system progressions and uh seeing characters progress and how skilled they are with the magic system yeah uh, that's that's a I, yeah i like following that track too where you learn all like learn the skills and then the character has an insight that you don't, you yourself don't have. And you're like, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. yeah. So let's look at <laughs> we went a little sideways there, Yeah, a little that's tangent, okay. but that's okay. That's what podcasts are for. There's no time limit on a podcast generally. That's right. Unless you hit like four or five hours, unless you're Joe Rogan, you can have like a four hour podcast and people will listen. But if you're, yeah. if you're anybody else, you can't do four hours. It's not possible. Astonishing legends can. Well, very, yeah, very few people can do the four-hour podcast. <laughs> All right, so with the biochromatic breath, that's like the, like the thing that you have in yourself. It's, it kind of felt like people's soul almost. Like everybody has like one breath they're given, and then you can accumulate more, or you could give it away, um, and all these different things. 
So I thought that, that was pretty interesting. But there's uh, four different types of uh, biochromatic beings is what they're called. So type one is sentient manifestations of a deceased host, which would be people like the returned. So the God King, Light Song, all uh, Blush Weaver, all of those people, those are type one because they're sentient. They can talk. They can, they have minds. They understand what's happening, but they were people who were dead before. Type two is mindless manifestations of a deceased host. So that would be like Claude or all of the life, the lifeless soldiers that the returned mm-hmm. have power over. So those are people who they were people, but they don't have any minds anymore. And you can only give them basic commands uh, to act upon. And then type three is manifestations of like in like organic type objects. So cloth, which used to be like some kind of paper or like plant at some point, or uh, I don't know, they mostly use cloth or like pieces of wood um, where you can have these things be alive and give them a command. And then type four is a sentient inorganic object like metal. So the only example we have is Nightblood the sword uh, as a, a type four biochromatic being. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on just all of those different things and well, all the variations? Well, type on... two, mindless manifestation of a deceased host. It's kind of like a zombie. Yeah, essentially. Of... A zombie not, that you can give... not eat brains or anything, but I kind of feel like they have this, like, mechanical kind of slow, like, I'm going to do what you tell me to and kind of just... Yeah, for sure. You don't have to feed me or anything and, you know, yeah. just do my thing. Yeah. And then the sentient manifestations of a deceased host, type one... That kind of reminds me of like Doctor Who. Like he gets a new body like yeah. every couple of seasons. Yeah. Like it's the same like person. Um, but what's in, and it's kind of the same here. Like when they become the new person, they're still trying to figure out who they are. Um, you know. Yeah, they're um, like a baby almost. Like they have to relearn things. And yeah, I remember watching the the, the Matt Smith uh, Doctor Who. I think at the very beginning, like he couldn't remember how to talk or something like that. I think I remember that as part of the the Matt Smith origin story. I've only seen Matt Smith Doctor Who, so I don't have any other references besides that. Oh yeah, dude, David Tennant. I know so everybody good. says I David can't, Tennant. I can't I decide between the two. They're they're like the two best in my my yeah. book. <laughs> um, and then yeah, so the type three, the manifestations far removed from being alive. That would be like when. That's like when they awaken things, right? Yeah, like the he has his uh like his cape that he tells uh-huh. to like grab things or to like be my feet or something like that, where he's telling oh, uh, it to like support him in whatever action he's doing at the moment. Yeah, and I just if there was one thing in the book that I was just like, I wish the commands were different. I wish they were in some cool language that I didn't understand. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just felt like grab things, hold things, lift things. Like I just felt like, and I get. I also get it at the same time because yeah. like he wants you to realize like these things aren't smart. They're just gonna like you're gonna have that one chance at giving them a shot, and you have to make it as simple, yep. like two word commands. But at the same time, I was like. I don't know. I felt let down by it. I'm just going to say it outright. I felt let down <laughs> by those command words. <laughs> if it was if it was spoken in Elvish, would it be that much cooler? You just, I, yeah. You just I implant mean, Tolkien's language into the into Warbreaker, and then it just makes it ten times cooler. 
I mean, grab things. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't speak Elvish, but probably much better with Elvish. I cannot um, speak Elvish either. So, yeah, I thought this was interesting because not only is the biochromatic breath um, like a source of power, but it's also um, a source of wealth. Like um, people in the yep. story have the option to sell their souls. Um, and so, yeah, at the first, like in the first half of the book, they referred to them as breaths. And it was like a while before they actually used the term soul. Uh, and I think that like was, I don't know how many chapters it was in, but it, it was definitely like they didn't come out and say like born with one soul. But I was like, think I was reading it. And I was like, everyone was born with one breath. Everyone was born, you know, it kind of sounds like the soul. And then yeah. they have like the different um, like um, and then how many souls you have. So if you have no soul. That's um starts with a D. Do you remember? I think like done or dull. I think. And then you have one. You have your soul, and that's normal. And then you can like have different levels. You have the different heightenings, which was also interesting, which I don't think we've talked about yet. Um, no. So like at the different heightenings that you have, like you have perfect pitch. I think at heightening level three which comes after you, you know, get so many breath in your system. Yep. And um, I, I think it's really cool. Uh, like you said, this deepening sense of, um, you know, being able to sense people around you and see like, um, you know, deeper hues of stuff. And I kind of wonder like if we follow God's, will we be able to see in like a new way in a deeper and like richer way? Um, if we follow him like through obedience and like listen to him, like can he open up our own senses to to see further and to have more wisdom with people? Yeah, um, that's kind of where I was thinking about like, um, you know, because some people are like intuitive that way; they can tell when people are feeling a certain way and like um, yeah, like they have a high know, emotional intelligence. Right. Exactly. Um, and I wonder if that's just something that can come. You know, in, in this world, you you can gather biochromatic breath and become powerful, yeah. um, more understanding. But like in our world, um, where there isn't the warbreaker magic system, <laughs> like is that, that possible? That is too bad, something? though. Yeah, <laughs> is that something that we can, um, you know, tap into through our relationship with the Lord? Yeah, I kind of think it's uh, almost like. Like whenever you talk about heaven and uh, like how hell will be, or there's like this separation from God, um, like on the earth now, we, like the Holy Spirit is here. We have God is in the world. He's working in the world. Um, mm -hmm. And there's like, uh, like a connection between God and his creation. And then whenever you take God out of that, there's almost like, uh, like, will there, like, there won't be anything necessarily like good in the world left essentially it's just going to be everything's going to be dull and everything's going to be or probably worse than dull uh but it just kind of felt like there's almost like if you lose your soul it's like you're losing your connection to your creator in a sense where you're everything just becomes base and mute and like you can't sense any any of the life and the vibrancy of the of the world around you um it sounds like yeah, the way that you're describing it, it sounds like um, 
the connection to God is what really makes you be able to live a life. Yes. And to like appreciate it and to live, live it passionately. And um, yep. I definitely see that in people who are depressed, you know, people who have like, you know, and not by their own fault by any means. It's just, you know, yep. um, but, you know, people who are suffering from depression, they, they can't. I mean, they are the dull. They are the lifeless. They can't. They've been hurt so deeply that they can't even have emotions. Like, yep. that's, that's where depression is. And it's just, um, yeah, it's, a, it's not a good place to be. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we kind of see that happen with uh, Vivenna whenever she loses all of her breath and she has to like go live in the slums and she just becomes like like this wretch of like a person because she's like she doesn't have any of the connection to life that she had previously. Like before, I think she had I can't remember. If she, I think she had like enough breath to like change her color. Maybe she had was it perfect pitch or something like that? Maybe she was up yeah, to 200 or something like that. Heightening, I think. Um, but she had always had breath. But then when you take that away, it's like you're like, you're stunted. Like you don't, you feel like you're, you're missing a part of yourself in a way um, until like, you don't, it's like you forget if you, if you don't have it long enough, then you just forget what it was like, I guess kind of makes me think of uh, Gollum. And like Smeagol, like whenever he had the ring and like you, in the Return of the King, the movie, you see like that scene at the very beginning where he's like descending into like this evil person. And he's like, he's forgetting all of the, 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 like the good things that made life beautiful and made life worth living. And he was just fully consumed by the ring. And this kind of felt like yep. that same way where it's like you had this, you had your life and you had all of these things that you, um, could sense in the world around you and friends and life and vibrancy and then you lose it all and then you just you just lose all of those things you once uh that you once knew and you just forget what it was like to be alive essentially before then yeah i mean that's the like you're it's it sounds like you're describing the epitome of like the lost sheep that like jesus is called to go and find and pull yeah, back yeah. to um yeah. that's that's exactly what it sounds like you're describing to me. <laughs> yeah, like the prodigal son. He was like eating with the pigs. He's like, oh, I forgot what it was like to <laughs> be like live with my father and have all this great stuff. And I just threw it all away because I thought I was I thought I could do it all on my own or something like that. Parable of the sower, you know, yeah. got thrown on the rocks or thrown. No, thrown in the weeds. I think that's when like really influence comes in and like steals your ability to to be with god um because mm -hmm. you're pursuing things like wealth or money or you know sex and like those are the things that drive you and not you know finding who you are in christ yep um yeah okay let's move on to uh just i guess let's like, touch on the awakening yeah the awakening and like the levels of the heightening i thought I'll, I'll just read off some of the ones that are in here so there's 10 heightenings that yep. i guess are known um well i guess there's 10 the total god king is the only one who's hit the 10th yeah the god king is the only one who's hit the 10th that is that they know of um that they know of, of good, and they don't point. actually at at the tenth heightening, they have some that they some powers that they know, but there's possibly others that are unknown. Um, so the first heightening, you get 
uh, aura recognition. I think that was just, um, I'm trying to remember what that was. Like you could sense other people with breath. Is that what that was? I, th I think so. That sounds right. Sorry if we get these wrong. People are going to be like, ah, you got it. That's, okay. that's not what it means. Hey, that's you know okay. what? That's okay. It means they're engaged in the conversation. That's okay. Yeah, we'll talk to you in the comments. How about that? Tell, tell them where to... Um... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> just comment. Just, just, just comment. leave a comment. Just leave a comment. Or put it in uh, in iTunes or an Apple Podcast review. Uh, but it has to be a five-star review. You can't leave a one-star review and say, these people are dumb. That's no fun. You can do that. It's just not kind. Yeah, that's true. Don't, don't be mean. Uh, okay, so second heightening, you have perfect pitch. So you could, like, where well, you're like Charlie Puth or something. That's like the classic example people give of someone with perfect pitch. They can, I guess, sense all the sounds and they can sing uh, in a proper way. And then you have perfect color recognition. Fourth heightening, you have perfect life sense. Um, fifth heightening, you have agelessness. So I guess you are immortal once you get to 2,000 breaths. Uh, six, you have instinctive awakening. I think that's whenever you could uh, give awakening commands without talking. I believe that is uh, at the sixth. But you have to have, be pretty practiced, I think, to be able to do that. Yes, I think you are right. Um, the other ones, we didn't really get into a lot of those, but uh, like the eighth awakening, you have command breaking, which I think is like the God King was saying that he could uh, break the lifeless commands uh, that the returned had given them. So like he could tell the army to, to go back home and not to invade Idris. That's what he was trying to do at the end. Um, yep. And yeah. So I don't know. What did, do you have any just general thoughts on like the different powers you can get or. Uh, yeah. So agelessness, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> um, I would like to be I would like to have enough breath to like live out my life where I wouldn't have to worry about f falling <laughs> to health problems. I've yeah, I've yeah. had some uh health problems recently. Um a surgery and a skin condition and I'm just like, yeah, I think that'd be really nice to not have to worry about stuff right now. Um Yeah, I think if you so have a lot of breaths, you like are immune to sickness. But it's not until the fifth heightening that you actually have legit immortality, I guess. Mm -hmm. So. And uh, is the aura recognition, is that like knowing when the ability to see breath auras of other instinctually and an increased life sense? This allows them to judge roughly how many breaths the person holds and the general health of that breath. Yeah. Um, so that's at the first awakening, which was. Um, 50. at 50 breaths needed and that's also the number that they needed to get into the certain courts in um yeah without Halogen. being without being questioned yeah yeah because because that spy um that vienna was supposed to connect with he had it sounded like he had hundreds of breaths yeah i think that's what it was um but yeah so i think that that's just really cool being able to sense and magically know like if someone to kind of, um, I always thought it'd be cool. Like, you know, they have things like you can read people's auras. Like, um, what kind of person are they? Are they upbeat? Are they more depressed? Or um, 
are they not to be trusted are they like a person who's generous and caring um you know i thought it, it would be cool to um understand people that's why i've always been interested in psychology and um behaviorism uh like uh profiling systems you know i watch criminal minds um yeah. and i love the way that they like you know pick apart like different people and like understand what makes them tick and everything so i've always found it interesting to pursue like um how how to better understand people and i've read a lot of like um different psychology books and stuff yeah so i think that the aura recognition would be cool because it kind of sounds like it has that kind of built into that first heightening mm -hmm. hey I'd, I'd do it i'd try and get 50 <laughs> get to the first heightening yeah i think it's like if we're saying uh like breaths are souls Soul. in a sense i think it's an interesting concept like that you're there's like a there's like a market like a trading system for it's souls. a commodity is yeah what it's, it is. it's it's like a currency in a way where you can sell your breath for like food i guess or, or yeah or well they else. paid money or they got donating their soul to the god king yep um and they got paid for a year's worth of this was uh that third mercenary um with denton tong fa um who was yep. commanding claude yep um Oh yeah, she sold it and she was happy to do so because she like believed in what the God King was doing or whatever. And so, yeah, there were two things. Uh, hopefully, I'll remember both. But Vienna was just like taking pity on her. What was her name? It started with a J. Um, and she was like, um, saying like, oh, you know, she didn't choose to lose her soul. That was never her choice. Oh, her name and was Jewel. Jewel, yeah. And so she was telling her, like, um, like she, like Vienna's feeling sorry for her, and she's kind of like, I think it's, you know, like I think Christian it's model, the like the Vena, thank you. Yeah. Um, and she's saying that the um, person should feel sorry for losing their soul, and then yeah. that's like the Christian view, like you should never give up your soul. And then she's yeah. like vehemently disagreeing with her like no i wanted to give up my soul good yep. for my family yep. and um i also think it's interesting that um vivena gets all this breath which is totally against her culture they should not collect breath yet yep. she is given to it and then i yeah. i feel like that is like her being thrust into a world you know like you know like christians are supposed to go out into the world like where things are broken and sometimes you get things that you weren't expecting and that you probably shouldn't be in possession of. So she didn't want all this biochromatic breath when she first got it. Um, yep. And then she was just like, and then she's basically responsible for it because she can't just give out a little bit of it. She has to give it all away and she didn't want to be soulless. Yep. Um, and so she is, has become responsible for it by, and, and that's not what her, teachings um throughout her life have told her to do yet she found herself in that situation so i like was thinking about you know christians find themselves in broken situations and they have to deal with things um that you know the bible says should never exist like support people in those situations so yep. um you know again it comes back to thinking about how christians like enter the world and then there is brokenness and everything. Um, yeah. And like you have to, you, you kind of have to deal with it, even though like um, the Bible isn't direct and clear. 
about how you should deal with it because yeah. um you know a lot of teaching is done in parables as this like hidden hidden meaning yeah yeah i think we'll talk more about um a lot of that in the second part where we talk more about like the characters but there's a lot of like how do you for christians like how do you live in the world but you don't like become of the world like how do you yep. be a part of the community and what people are doing but you're not letting it like seep into you and like corrupt you in a sense of like you're now you're you're doing things that are contrary to what the bible says in a way um yeah i think the like the thing with jewel where she was like proud to give away her breath it kind of embodies like the holodron spirit like everything is for like the here and now and there's nothing i don't know within the within the story it's weird because she's giving her breath for something that's greater than herself in a sense like to the god king and she's like sacrificing this for her god um but for like the christian perspective like you're you're focused on like having things now in this world like you're not focused on like the things of like the things of God and you're not putting treasures away in heaven, but you're putting treasures away here on earth. So you're selling a piece of yourself so that you can have a good life now instead of keeping like that part of your soul. That's important and storing up treasures in heaven where you'll have um, uh, like, like you'll get treasures in heaven for the things that you do in this yeah in this the sacrifices world. that you make um to make other people's lives better yeah yeah indeed all right let's move on to just our christian takeaways for this um this episode something related to like the world and uh, the magic system if you have any we've kind of interspersed christian things throughout the podcast but we're each going to give like just one or two takeaways for this uh, specific episode. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first, Gabe? Um, you can go first. All right. So I'm going to go with just the, I was just talking about like how the sacred, the soul is sacred and it's, it's yours to give away or you could. Um, so I said, you can either nurture it and you can give it good things and that's like kind of like the accumulation of breath, like you're giving yourself more life in a sense. I don't know. The the book is weird because it's like you're stealing somebody's soul to like add to your own soul. The the allegory breaks down a little bit. So, but you you can give your soul good things and nurture it, or you can let it die and wither away. And like you can give yourself away. Uh, there was a in the weekend message from our church this past weekend our pastor actually had this quote that i thought was really uh interesting about souls and bodies and i'm i'm the i'm gonna butcher this quote and i don't remember who it was from so but it said something like people are souls they're not bodies and our bodies are just like temporary housings for our souls and so the soul is who we actually are and our body is just something that is something that allows us to interact in the world, but it's not like our body isn't our self. Our, our soul is our real being. Um, so I think that was just like my takeaway. Like as Christians, like our soul is sacred. We can put things into it. It's like the, I think the verse, um, I don't remember what the verse is. Uh, it's something like you can, uh, like the eye is the, 
like you can look at good things and that's where your your mind will be or you can look at bad things and that's where your the like your mind will yeah, go. Yeah, it sounds like a proverbs. I, I know which verse you're talking about. I can't yeah, I should have I should have looked it up, but um maybe I'll if I find the verse I'll put it in the in the description or in a Ooh, comment. Oh, bring down up there. the description. All right. <laughs> the description. Um we're novice podcasters. We're not going to have everything to a T here, but we appreciate you guys right. tuning in. All right, Gabe, do you have any specific takeaways? Um, I think the um I think the takeaway for me was just um following the well, we're going to talk more about the characters in the next uh podcast. Yeah. Um I think for me, you know, just thinking about the um the awakening and and like being more alive i i think that's like um as people collected the biochromatic breath and that to themselves like heighten their you know and this is not me saying you should go steal soul do yeah. not misinterpret me <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the, al- the allegory definitely breaks down with the yeah. magic we, we're not in the in the business of taking soul Yes. Okay. No, we're that winning. We're winning die. souls for Christ, but we're not yes. taking them to ourselves. That's the, the right. There you go. So, like, you know, I think it, you know, it encourages me to kind of like go out there and kind of live life to the fullest through God's law. And you know, there's a there's an obedience there that you have to follow, and then you kind of lit. You know, you can stand on the rock that God can provide for you and live a. Um, and I think that you know, while in this book, it's through you know, gathering the biochromatic breath. I think in our world, it's the obedience to God's law and to um, stand on the rock and to let him be the firm foundation uh, to let us live full lives where we don't have stressed out. And we know that our God is, is here and he's working for our good at all times. Um, That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that's great. That's (laughs) good. That's good. Um, yes, that's going to do it for this, uh, first episode. So this is part one of Warbreaker, And then the next episode is going to be part two of Warbreaker, where we talk about the specific character and plot lines, uh, and then the, the religions of Warbreaker as well. And then, uh, hopefully that'll be out the third week of July. So we'll plan to do two episodes a month. Uh, so we'll do one on the first week of the month and then one on the third week of the month. If there is a month with five weeks, you might get a bonus episode. We'll see. Um, so yeah, that's the general plan. Uh, so if you want to learn uh, more about Pages of Light content or anything like that, you can go to our website, pagesoflight.com, or you can find us on uh, YouTube, of course, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe. I'm on Goodreads. Uh, so you can get updates on everything that's happening on one of those social media platforms and you can follow me personally if you want on parlor uh i am tyler thomas that's my handle at i am tyler thomas uh gabe if anybody wants to see what you're up to is there anywhere they can follow you sure uh check out my website neighborhoodnerdservices.com that's my business if you need help with technology please come see me i'd love to give you a hand and also, um, as I build the quarantine quartermaster, which is a kind of Christian perspective on uh, responsibility, as that content becomes available, just search for quarantine quartermaster. I'm sure you'll find something. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, so links for all of those things that were just mentioned will be in the description. 
Uh, so you can click on those and check them out. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, this first episode, please uh, share the episode on social media. If you really enjoyed it, let people know uh, that you liked it and uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever other podcast platform you're listening on. Uh, give us five stars and just tell us why, why you liked it. Uh, so that way more people can discover the podcast and just to see why it uh, was helpful for you. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Remember to keep reading and to share the gospel with somebody this week. And we'll see you in the next episode.